degrees. And again, 60 degrees and raining right now. I'm having a brief technical problem with some of our music players right now. So uh, you can hum, uh, you know, inch by inch, row by row. As I tell you that the uh, In the Garden program today is brought to you by the Willie's Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, by Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all, by Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road, by Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by Claussen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, featuring top-quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972, by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center, sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. Also by PR Lumber on Route 15 in Wolcott for family milled lumber for all your projects. PR Lumber are, um, is on Facebook as well. Guys, farm and yard, four locations in Vermont to serve you. And if it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Check Guys Farm and Yard online at guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center, Route 107 in Bethel. They sponsor the WDEV In the Garden podcast. And they're open with a full array of everything you need for your garden. And they are online at dandelionacres.com. <laughs> Humming uh, inch by inch, row by row, maybe even singing it, is <laughs> the host of In the Garden. <laughs> inch by inch, row by row. I know. I'm going to have to figure out how to get this thing to play the song. Uh, it's uh, one of these computer devices that, uh, you know. Well, I think I think we can uh, we can get on with the garden without the uh, musical introduction, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, as as sweet as that is, I can just uh, see the little uh, Muppets singing along with John Denver. And <laughs> yeah, actually, the, at the very end, when you hear the other voices come in, it's the Muppet plants singing. <laughs> yeah, little carrots and asparagus and <laughs> pretty, pretty sweet. Now, listen, first off. First off, this is not bad weather. No, no, no. This is very good weather. I was talking about the uh, Juneteenth and the Balloon Festival that's Mm -hmm. taking place here. They're not all that happy about this, but but the asparagus certainly is. Yeah, I was going to say as a gardener, and of course at work it's always like, oh, no, it's going to rain all weekend. I was like, yeah, 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 hey. Uh, be grateful because yep. uh, we have been very, very dry, and we really need the rain. And I'm sure uh, there's a few Canadians who wouldn't mind having a little bit of this. And oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, send it to northern Quebec, you know. Yeah, would you <laughs> yeah. please? Yeah. In barrel load, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel that way when yeah. when Massachusetts gets two feet of snow and they don't want it. Doesn't right. It? You know, truck it up. Ooh, we got a place to put it. Yep. I've got a lot of mountains to fill. So anyway, this is this is uh, the last few weekends really have been absolutely glorious weather to plant plants in because it's been cloudy and overcast and and not too hot and there's enough moisture in the soil. So most things are you know thriving whether in in the garden or in a container. So. Uh, count our, we should be counting our blessings because it won't be too long before we'll be dry and hot. 
And, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, one of the uh, folks at work was who has their tomatoes in the, in the container was saying, well, the tomatoes aren't really going anywhere. And, you know, when you transplant them, those tomatoes are, are adjusting. You know, they're sending out their roots. They're, they're getting things all set to go. When that hot weather comes, they'll be growing leaps and bounds, you know, by, by 10 inches anyway a week. So be patient. Be patient. When that warmer weather does come, they'll be in good shape because they'll have nice deep root systems and uh, be ready to start producing flowers and fruits. So um, I was going to uh, – I wanted to talk about compost. Uh, and I kind of um, admit that I got a little bit sidetracked uh, by weeds. And, um, you know, the definition of a weed really, the best definition that I have seen is a plant out of place. And because many of the things that we call weeds are actually, well, they're actually, you know, garden vegetables. Like when I get uh, uh, tomatoes growing up in little bunches from my cherry tomatoes that have dropped and you get this little bunch of little little tiny um, uh, tomato starts and uh dill you know that will spread its seeds mm-hmm. all over the place and uh all those things are plant out of place and uh, those walking onions mm. they walk around my garden on with frequency <laughs> and uh but what uh i had a uh, one spot where i keep my compost one of my compost piles and i was moving it and uh, uh growing up right next to it were actually uh, weeds, and uh, about uh, two feet tall, and sure enough, they were the lamb's quarters. Oh, yes, You're yeah. You're familiar with lamb's quarters, and, and um, uh, I have to laugh because lamb's quarters, if you go to the Johnny's Selected Seeds and look in their list of of uh, seeds um, under microgreens, you'll find magenta spring, Okay. And you know what that is? No, but I know people eat lamb quarters in their salad and or, or steam them. And yeah. Well, magenta spring is lamb's quarters. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you, you know, and uh, and I have sort of ignored them saying, well, you know, I've got my spinach in the, in the garden. But my spinach has been a little slow growing, and uh, I picked it all out and... I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a try. And I picked uh, some of the larger leaves and the tops of some of them and came up with, you know, a whole bowlful just like you would spinach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I stripped them off the stems. The stems are a little too tough because uh, they have a long, you know, it's two-foot stem. And I uh, sort of like when you, oh, you're trimming basil, you're really just, you're picking out some uh Anyway, uh, it was great. It was really good. <laughs> I was so surprised. It was just as good as spinach. I used it in a, a stir fry. I, I cooked up some Chinese noodles. I don't know if you ever uh, used those, but I cooked those up and, um, I had some, uh, uh, some seitan pieces, uh, uh, Chinese, uh, seitan pieces, and then I cooked up some veggies and then right on top of that, I put that big pile of the magenta spring, the <laughs> lamb's quarters, um, and uh, it was great. It was every bit as good as as the spinach is, and so that was that was kind of fun. Excellent, yeah. And it and it did sort of make me wonder. Well, you know, 
what what else you got out there? You know, that's just floating around. That's that's a weed. And of course, the ones we know the best are things like uh, oh, you know, dandelion greens and all those kinds of things. That uh, uh, what else is there? Oh, jeez, there's there's a whole list of them anyway. But um, the uh, it it just was a lot of fun to go ahead and and explore you know some of the the different uh, so-called weeds the plants out of place. Oh, yeah. We might have a, we might have a, a weed eater here. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Good afternoon. You're the first uh, in the garden with uh, Peter Burke. Uh, top of the morning to you. Your first name in town. This is just Nola. The hey, Nola. Well, oh, hi. You leader. probably have a few weeds up there in the hills. <laughs> oh, my, do we. But this dreadful weather, oh, you're right. It's not dreadful. So it was now a month ago I planted carrots very carefully. Nice hills. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And yeah. Nothing. I went out yesterday, and there they were. Thanks so much for the water. You'll send us some more, won't you? Please, I like this water. So, yeah, yeah. everybody's waiting. Yep. Everybody's waiting. And then the, the this garden is, you, you, if you came to our house, you'd say, you're a liar. There's no garden back there. That's all trees. But there is a big garden out in the back behind the greenhouse. And, yeah. Um, I believe last year, just on a whim, I planted a green called Red Oric. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and that was that. Planted yeah. it, picked it, did dum dum yep. Went up to the top of that garden where mm-hmm. the carrots are, mm-hmm. and there's garlic, a lot of garlic growing in mm-hmm. all over the place. There's all these Red Oric plants, <laughs> and it's all because of the rain. Everybody's just, hi, we're back, we're living. I'm sure they reseeded, you know. So. The red orc is one of those ones that that quickly turns into a weed when you plant it. And uh, oh gosh, what's the other one? Oh oh, uh, the uh, uh, red giant mustard. No, that's from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> There's a verse in the Bible. I believe it's in the Book of Mark, and it says, "If we have faith like a mustard seed, miracles will happen." You could start a mustard factory from one gone to seed plant. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's one of the other we. <laughs> the other plants that you buy in the catalog that actually can become a weed very quickly, and and I have to admit they're they're very delicious. You know, they got a little bit of a, a heat to them, and uh, and and they're good and small. They are actually a nice addition to uh, to your salads. Too, yeah. But I've learned not to ever put big mustard seed leaves, mustard leaves in salad greens. Yeah, no. Because nope. you will make people's eyes pop out. <laughs> yeah. And that will make them very upset. So, it's kind of like um, arugula sprouts. Uh, the first time I, I sprouted those, you know, the, the soil sprouts. And uh, you cut them off at about, oh, they're maybe two inches tall. And you put that in a salad and watch out. <laughs> yes. The, the, <laughs> they're not just right little out. green things. They, they have mm. something to say to us. They oh, have a powerful yeah. punch to pack. No yeah. question. So I won't. Stay in the way, but you guys didn't have John Denver this morning, and don't worry, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but this I'll is a very on. brief song. Maybe Joel knows the woman who wrote it. Her name is Sarah Pirtle, P-I-R-T-L-E, or T-I-E. It's very huh? short, and this is what the words say. One kind word will warm the coldest winter. 
One kind word will start the seeds of spring. One kind word will make a summer garden. One kind word, what a harvest it will bring. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's good. Very nice. Let's keep One kind word. Turning the good words around and yeah, yeah. So enjoy this beautiful rainy day. Okay? All right, and I'll enjoy a one kind word. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Noah. <laughs> thank you, boy. Thank you so much, Noah. Two four four one seven 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 eight zero two. Of course, two four four one seven seven seven. And I do believe. We have a caller on the line. Okay. Good afternoon. Your first name in town. Hello. No. No, let's try again. Your first name in town. Uh, Forbes. Oh, oh I've heard Forbes. that name. I've heard that name. <laughs> Some Somewhere. There we go. I got an easy one for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Forbes is like 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 Madonna, the one name, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know you do have a last name, but uh, you're you're famous. You're famous just by the first, right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to get a hold of my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Got a quick question. Sure. Uh, mushrooms. Um, I have in the orchard uh, the morel. Uh, moral mushrooms. Oh. People fight over coming up and getting them. Oh, yeah. But how do you identify mushrooms? I know they aren't all good, but yeah. and how, how do you prepare them? Well, um, uh, start with the identity. Is uh, You need a good book. Um, and uh, there's actually one out that was written by a Vermont lady. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I have to look it up, Forbes. But it's, uh, it's sort of like a halfway between beginners and kids book. Um, it's uh, I think it's either the 10 or the 20 mushrooms, you know, and how do I identify them. Uh, that and most mushroomers will say uh, uh, do a class with somebody who is a mushroomer. And that, that's one of the very best ways to learn. Um, but, it, you know, things like morals that you know and stuff, you're, you're all set. Uh, for, for my money, the best way to eat a moral is to just uh, fry it in a little butter and, uh, and eat them. Uh, and if you do that, you fry them in a little butter and uh, cook up some uh, penny pasta and put a little... Uh, the mushrooms and, and a little bit of olive oil and some uh, Parmesan cheese. Uh, that's also terrific. Matter of wow. fact, that, that's uh, that's one of my favorites. And then uh, you know, with a little Italian sausage on the side, you're all set. You've got your protein, you get your your carbs, and and you get your mushrooms. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the second question is, uh, other than halitosis, uh, how beneficial <laughs> is, is garlic to you? Well, uh, I, I, I always rely on my mom who said, you know, eat greens, they're good for you. And, uh, you know, as far as being, you know, super beneficial or not, you know, to be healthy, it takes the, the whole body. It takes all of the stuff you do. You know, you need good exercise. You need a good attitude. You need to socialize with people. You need to eat well, you know, well-balanced diet. You need to not overeat or drink too much or smoke, all of those things. So, um, But uh, garlic specifically has a, a lot of sulfur in it, as you can imagine, and it's sort of an antibacterial 
Um, plus, it does keep the werewolves and away and, and, and that kind of thing. But, um, <laughs> no, that, you know, there are, there are reams. And if you, uh, just type garlic into, uh, Google, you, you'll get a hundred different, uh, in, incredible, uh, remedies with, with garlic. Garlic is probably one of the most, uh, famous ones. And so, um, it's a part of a good, healthy diet, I think, you know, in my opinion. But, uh, um, this is good. This is good information. Yeah, this All right, well, thank you. And have, a, spitz, have a good day. Yeah, sure, Forbes. I know. The specific health uh, is, uh, is your happiness when you eat a, a good garlic hummus or put garlic in your spaghetti sauce or. <laughs> I'm hungry. There's a, a happiness quotient. <laughs> Thank you. And actually, a little garlic with those uh, with those mushrooms. Oh man, oh. you can smell that all through the house, and it just makes your mouth <laughs> mouth just water. <laughs> yeah, become a, a social uh, outcast. Oh, you know the the best remedy for that is to have the have your friends eat with you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Balances, huh? <laughs> well, then, then you could be outcasts together, Forbes. <laughs> right. One upmanship. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. So do you have another phone call there, or am I just imagining the blinking? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think we're on again with Nola. Here we go. Nola, you're going to sing another song for us? Right. There's a phenomenal book called Fascinating Fungi of New England. Oh, okay, good. Lawrence Millman. And it's not a tomb. It's not, you know, you don't have to have a wheelbarrow to carry it around. But the artwork and the knowledge he shares is fantastic. And it's all the guys we see out there and maybe a little bit more. And I, I love this book. And if Mr. Forbes wants me to send him one, well, Heck, I'll buy another book. I've bought about six of them. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just close my that. little mushroom things by saying a very good friend of mine, this was many, many years ago, he shared this quote with me. Mm-hmm. They're old mycologists and they're bold mycologists, but there are no old, bold mycologists. Yes, okay, so respect I got you. those mushrooms. <laughs> respect the mushrooms. Um, so, you, know, you know what happened to, what was his name, Yule Gibbons? Yeah, That's yeah. That's how he died. Oh, dear. Um, hey, so, so what was the that, name of this fellow, the Fascinating Fungi of New England? Fascinating Fungi of New England, and the man who put it together is Lawrence Millman, M-I-L-L-M-A-N. And it, it's just, it's just a fabulous book. It really is fun. And you just want to keep going out and learning more and learning more. Show me, show me, show me. So, um, okay. this rain is going to make things happen. Okay, Forbes, I hope you heard that. Yeah. That's a good one. Too. And, uh, I, I will look up to see what that, uh, what that, uh, they interviewed her, and I, I think it might have been on the, the morning show. But anyway, I'll I'll find out and we'll get you another good book. There's quite a few of them out, and and it's just they run the, you know, the the gamut between the encyclopedia and then the quick, you know, here's ten that you should yep, know about. Exactly. And I I kind of go for the ten, but 
you know, okay, mushrooms. I got to get out of the fun. way so people can call. All right, good. Okay, go. Good day. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks. And a uh, perfect book for for Forbes because he's a fun guy. You know, when you come right, <laughs> when you come right, he certainly is. We'll be back after, perhaps, maybe we won't, uh, depending on whether the boss is listening. Uh, we'll be back after this. Uh, these messages. Meet all of your gardening needs and desires at Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Make a statement with trees and shrubs. Grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts, fruit trees, and berry bushes. And add color with annual and perennial flowers, including lush flowering hanging baskets. Don't forget the accents, unique statuary, pottery, and garden furniture. Plus, soils, fertilizers, and mulches. Everything you need and lots of things you want in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. We are at 802-244-1777, and we have another caller on the line. Your first name in town. Uh, Trudy in Braintree. Trudy, how are you? I'm fine. A little on the damp side today. <laughs> yes. You're, you're, I, yes, go ahead. I have, I have a, I don't know if it's a weed or what it is. It grows on the surface, yeah. and it doesn't appear to have any root. It's like a mass of this green. Yeah, I've seen that in my garden too. But if you if you sort of just wind back, you'll find the one spot where the root comes out, and you just wonder how can that one little little tiny root support that great big thing. What it does is it sets out little tiny roots out of uh, it roots, you know, along that vine. They're just not the kind of roots that you get with grass, you know. Um, that's. Uh, but it covers a whole massive area. It's in my asparagus and mm-hmm. in one section of my mm-hmm. garden. And yeah. I dig it up and put it in the bucket and. Yeah. I don't know what else to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, before I put it in my compost pile, I like to let it dry out completely, really dry out. And, and at that point, oh. it becomes almost, you know, transparent. You can't even, you can barely even oh, see it. It's okay. like dried out. Um, if you put it in wet and stuff, then you just be pro, you know, you're, you'll be, uh, you know, cultivating it. <laughs> Don't need to do that. No, probably not. Uh, it's not a heavy feeder or anything like that, but, you know, particularly in like an onion patch, uh, the, the onions are very particular about it. Uh, so you yeah. really want to get it out. Uh, the asparagus, you know, a little bit more. Um, what you might want to check, because it likes an acid soil, you might want to check the pH in your soil to make sure you're not acidic. And... Uh, uh-huh. uh, so sometimes when you sweeten the soil, that will do as much as uh, as um, as anything else. So once you weed it, check your pH and make sure that your pH is right. Otherwise, uh, now would it do any good to like apply lime in the fall? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fall is the best time to put your put your lime on just simply because it's... I uh, haven't been for a number of years because yeah. my soil's been good. But yeah. No, well, it's just... Stuff. It just gives you a sign that it's time to, to you know, take Do a something. sample and give it a try. You know, it could be fine. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's pretty easy to pull. Uh, how how quickly does it come back once you pull it all up? 
I don't know. I haven't gotten all through it yet. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's in my peas and it's in my asparagus this year. I can't. Just one section of my garden. For the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, I was sort of wondering, is it, I wonder if it's edible. <laughs> that might be the best way to get rid of it. I was going to bring in some and wash the dirt off in it just to see if yeah. I could find a root. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's one there somewhere, I can tell you that. I've I've okay. traced it back a few times to find that one little itty-bitty. It, it's so fine, you know, it's like a, the fine as a wire, you know. It's really, it's not much of a uh, root. It doesn't seem to be. But. Of course, it's wet when I've been digging it up mm-hmm. lately. So I mm-hmm. got kind of a clump of dirt on the bottom of it. Yep, yep. And uh, so what's the shape of the leaf? Is it like a, a long oval? No, it's round. Oh, okay, it's uh, a round. It almost looks like a flower. Oh, really? But the it's le- right tight to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, the the one I have eventually puts out a small flower, sort of like the, uh, looks oh, like I almost like a peony. One, but... Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I haven't uh, seen any flower purple, and there's purple. no leaf per se it's just this mass of green on the surface huh. yeah definitely check your ph then yeah yeah all right i'll try that yeah give that a shot and let me know see if you have luck with that trudy all right <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're very welcome thank you one, one, one more thing to check i have to check my a1c and i'll also check my uh, my <laughs> ph at the same time <laughs> I got, got a call from Forbes who reminded us that um, uh, two things. One, one I'm familiar with because in my world, um, I've got uh, you know all kinds of people that love the uh, the birds, and I, I have trouble recognizing the bird calls. And I yes. think it's part of it is the fact that I I don't hear every frequency anymore after so many years of yeah. radio headphones. And that's yeah. really true. Uh, but uh, you could use you you could put an app on your iPhone yeah. and Listen and record a, have it record a bird call and it'll tell you what bird it is very accurately. And what Forbes also reminded us was that you can get an app on the iPhone and scan, you know, in other words, like have it view a plant, any plant, and it'll tell you what the plant is. Oh man. You gotta get that. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was sitting there. My wife and I were looking at the the hillside, the back hillside, and she planted these red lupins. Mm-hmm. And my gosh, Joel, they're 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 stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, like the crimson clover. You know how stunning oh, yeah. that could be. And this is on this this spire like this. You know, and uh, it 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 was it was stunning. You know, Deb was like, "Oh my God, look at that!" You know, and they're just coming up and. Uh, that's, uh, wow. I always think of the worst case scenario. I could see myself with an iPhone mm-hmm. and I'll scan the plant and mm-hmm. it'll tell me mm-hmm. it's Audrey from the little shop of horrors <laughs> and that in the middle of the night it's going to gobble you up, you know. <laughs> you, you have such an imagination. Joe. Well, you don't know what's going on, going on in that backyard of mine these days. <laughs> well, and neither do you. you yeah, don't but, know yeah, what's going on back I'm just there. waiting for the deer to show up and take one look at what's back there and turn 
turn around and leave, you know. <laughs> Feed me. We are. We're going to the price chopper. This is no good. Two four four one seven 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 is where the fun begins. Well, I I will start my my uh, monologue as it is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, about uh, compost, and uh, because of course it's the law now. And I will have to chastise the legislature for making a law and giving absolutely no help to gardeners or people in apartments or houses or in cities or in rural rural areas about how to go about doing this composting that they're legislating. (laughs) So, uh, but it is the law now. And uh, that's that's good. That's great. You know, it's not going to go into a landfill. Well, in fact, it makes the you know the the gas that we're burning in Washington Electric. But anyway, um, yeah, there are two places where all the food scraps in my house go. Yeah, in the um, in the little compost bin that yeah. I have inside. Yeah. Or if I'm careless, it's the beagle. Oh, <laughs> that anything that has a calorie in it that I didn't eat. Left over from preparing dinner ends up inside the oh beagle. Oh my gosh! Don't even start, Ruby, our our little uh, terrible terrier. <laughs> I was uh, I took I mentioned I moved my compost bin from from one spot to another, and uh, before I had you know raked it all up, and uh, she was up in that garden, you know, and and I let her out first thing in the morning. It's around five five or so in the morning. She goes out and she just comes back, and you know. Five minutes at most. Ten minutes later, I'm thinking, where is that dog? And then the vision of that compost yeah. pile up there. So I stuck my head out the back door, and there she was, looking guilty as could be. It's like, I'm not doing anything, Dad. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. And well, she comes in and carries this big chunk of something yeah. out of there. Well, I can't let a beagle out. A beagle would do that as well. But then the beagle's don't really come home until they're completely finished sniffing everything. So, you know, I'm in Colchester. If I let the beagle out at 5 in the morning, uh, by 7 she'll be in Swanton, you know. Well, <laughs> you know? I guess I'll count myself lucky. because That's Ru- how I got Ruby my last beagle. Oh, is that right? It just showed up one showed day. Up. And people say, yeah, it's about, we, were, we, saw, we saw that dog yeah. at Milton uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We saw that, you know. I, I was the first to give uh, Porter our beagle a good home, and he was, yeah. a, he was happy to stay yeah. with us. Because yeah. he had a regular meal instead of having to go through everybody's garbage. But uh, <sighs> yeah, they, they, your dog's in the compost pile. Believe you well, me, when you think it's too rotted to be eaten, yeah, you yeah. think twice think about twice, it because yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you know it's a buffet for well, a lot of dogs. That brings me to my first point: is my favorite kind of compost thing mm-hmm. is done in a bin, uh-huh. no, a box, I should Ooh. say. You know, the big black plastic boxes with the lid on them and all the rest and and uh they uh the one i have is a hinged lid i have also had some where you just pick up the whole lid and put it in um but the uh, those i i think are the best yeah the squirrels and the mice and the you know, chipmunks will get in there but it keeps the dog the neighbor dogs mm-hmm. out in and uh uh, it's bad enough when my own dog goes into the compost bin, but she doesn't go into those. You know, she might sniff around and see, but she just, she can't really climb in. And if it's got a good lid on it, you know, even the raccoons, uh, occasionally the raccoons will, will figure it out, you know, 
and I just put a piece of duct tape on the front and, you know, it stays sticky long enough mm-hmm. uh, that it discourages them and they don't come back. Uh, so I, you know, if you're going to compost outside in your yard, you know, use a good sturdy, one of those heavy plastic bins. Or, um, but you can't, I keep saying bin and I mean box because some people compost in bins, which are like, you know, wooden crates, uh, you know, sort of they're made out of wood or, or concrete blocks. But they're open, and that there's the problem: is that they're open, and and just like the pile, the compost pile. Matter of fact, when I took the the master class on composting, um, the state uh, uh, lady who taught the course she recommended uh, piles, and I was like, no way, you know, I, I can't do a pile. Uh, I'll have dogs from the whole neighborhood yeah. in that pile. So I don't really recommend that. And then, of course, there's the tumbler, you know. That's the one you, you were uh, – I have one friend over, uh, you know, one of my garden buddies over in Pennsylvania. He's over in Wilkes-Barre, and he swears by his tumbler. But the problem with the tumbler that I had was in the winter, it freezes up, and then you've got sort of this – this uh, you can't really tumble it anymore because it's all frozen on one side, the bottom. Uh, so you yeah. go to tumble it, and it just you know keeps just falling over, and it, you're not you're just you're rolling an ice cube around inside of it. So, um, but if you you know you can use it uh, really well during the summer, but don't rely on it in yeah. it in the winter. Yeah, I know that the uh, transfer station, the one in Williston, uh, yeah. Casella, mm-hmm. and the um, and uh, solid waste district yep. office. Yep. I, can't, I couldn't tell you right off the bat where they are, but yep. uh, uh, you know they they have pretty good advice. And every now and then, their representatives pop up on talk shows and everything with all kinds <laughs> of composting ideas. Some of which I'm sure are useful, and others might be a bit cumbersome. But uh, you, you, you know, as as one yeah. person, I you know, well for the summer, I have my little bin, and that's it, and just yeah. keep it away from yeah. the dog. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, the tumbler is good for for the summer months and yeah. fall, spring and fall. It's, that's fine. And you can make uh, actually you can make compost, you know, finished compost pretty quickly in a in a month or two. And uh, I generally, when I use my box, I use it. I'll fill it up and just leave it for for until the next season, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then then of course there's worm, you know, worm compost. Oh yeah, we yeah. have the worm people yeah. with us for a while, yep. and uh, yep. that's yep. useful stuff. And I think it they're is. still around. Yep. We have somebody on the line right now. First name in town, please. Chip from Brookfield. Hey, Chip. How are you? Good. What can I do for you? Yes. Well, I've got somebody that likes my beans better than I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Woodchuck (laughs) probably, maybe, huh? No, 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 no. It's some kind of a rodent. or Not a rodent, but some kind of a bug. A bug? Yes. Yeah, of some kind. It's my my leaves on my beans look like you know pepper been peppered with something. You know, there's oh, just... uh, little tiny holes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a flea beetle, and they're out right about now. Mostly, uh, the flea beetle will not harm anything unless you have a really yeah. really bad infestation. You can spray them. There's uh, lots of different ways to deal with flea beetles. Um, you can you can spray them with neem oil. Um, okay. You, you can actually just dust them uh, a little bit with, with just about anything—a diatomaceous earth, or even wood ashes, or anything okay. on that leaf will discourage the little flea, be- flea uh, beetle from, okay. from eating well, through it. But 
for sure. most part, you can ignore them, and they don't do much damage unless you have a really bad infestation. Well, I guess they're bad because they've taken them leaves right off. Some of them, oh, some that look yeah, good, but yeah, they've yeah. They're on them that that look good. They don't look so good now yeah, either. Yeah. So I replanted some, and but I just you know once they come up, I like put something on them to discourage yeah. them. I yeah. got plenty of wood ash. Okay. Yeah. Um, that and you, of course, there's just a season. It's usually just a few weeks in the beginning of summer. A few like weeks that. of it. Okay. Well, yeah. by the time the yellow ones come up, then they should be yep. dissipated or gone. No, hopefully, no, no problem. And of course, you can spray them with the neem oil if you if you have a particularly bad infestation of the flea beetles. Sure. That'll take care sure. of them. And then then you sort of you you kind of break the cycle, which is a good thing. Is to break yeah. that cycle because as soon as they they gorge themselves on your tomato leaves or your bean leaves, you know they're gonna. They will. They will buy the tomatoes too, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, just oh. about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look okay. at your tomatoes. Well, I, a, I just set out twenty five the other day, so I mean they're doing good now. I've been watching, but I haven't yeah. seen anything on them. But yeah. I'll, maybe yeah. I'll dust them with a little wood ash too. Them, yeah. Or or get uh, uh, the neem oil, one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little tiny holes. It's definitely a flea beetle. Yep. Well, by yeah. golly, we'll, we'll so try, you, try that. You planting uh, bush beans? Yeah. 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 Right. Bush bush beans, and I got some red runners too. They started up the pole, and they haven't touched them yet. But probably ought to dust them too, just in case. Uh, yeah, might. You might. Yeah. They won't. They generally do not attack mature leaves. You know, they go I for. See the, it. Those those very first leaves on the on the oh, sets or they're off, nice, you know. Nice tender ones, huh? Yeah, right, right. They have got good taste. <laughs> yeah, it, it sure seems it. <laughs> well, I'll give that a try and appreciate it. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yep, thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Our telephone number for your questions and comments to Peter, 802-244-1777. And once again, the host of our program. <laughs> just like a yes. radio announcer. Yeah, almost. It's almost like that, you know. It's just, uh, hey, uh, so, you know, speaking of keeping things humming along, the hummingbirds are definitely out. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah. Uh, gosh, they are at the feeders all yeah. the time. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, it's been advertised anyway. It's, it's sort of like a spiral hummingbird feeder. I've seen all different kinds, but let me just tell you one thing. <laughs> okay. You can go. <laughs> and um, let's see, where did I. I, I, I wish I could say at one of our sponsors, but all our sponsors have wonderful hummingbird feeders. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I, I, you know, I hate to say it, like at a, at a Walmart, they have the tiny little ones for a dollar. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's tiny little one spout plastic feeder. Now the neat thing is, you fill that thing up, yeah. and by the time they empty it, yeah. it's about time. You know, you would need to fill it anyway. I don't get enough hummingbirds that if I fill a big feeder uh-huh. full of this stuff, yeah. you know, I, I, you're supposed to change it at a regular interval, yeah. and uh, it could go bad. Yeah, you know, if you fill a you know big one that has sure. a whole quart or yeah. A, yeah. even a pint, yeah, I, making... I love the little plastic ones. I'll have multiple little plastic oh. ones that are about the size of uh, oh, uh, um, thicker than a fountain pen, th- mm-hmm. thicker than a than a mm-hmm. pen, mm-hmm. about five or six inches high, but just just for one of those little yellow feeders, oh, yeah. and they love them. And since they're territorial. Yeah, you know they ch- they oh. spend more time chasing each other away, away from the feeders from the other one. Yeah, yeah you can you. you can put five or six of these feeders over a distance yeah. and ev- keep everybody happy rather than having mm-hmm. all the uh, 
that, that, that you know, rather than having these guys chase each other from the one big feeder that you have. Do, yeah. I, do I make any sense? Absolutely. Okay. No, it makes so, a lot of sense. So, plus, so keep an eye for those little ones. You're, they, you're less likely to, to encourage the, uh, the wasp and the bees. Yeah. Because you, you don't have all that big reservoir sitting right. around. Yeah. Yeah, how cool is that? That's, yeah. that's, but anyway, they are around. And, whatever, and the one species of hummingbird that we have here in Vermont, when you see these pictures of yeah. hummingbirds, you know, all <laughs> hundreds of them yeah, every right. which way, that's that's in places where there are multiple species and species that are friendlier to one another. Uh, we have guys that uh, they come and they decide that that is their feeder oh. and they'll chase all their relatives and everybody else away from it, you know. Yeah. That remarkable how such a small, small bird can be so territorial and and uh, fight so so quickly with uh, doesn't matter what it is he'll fight with them they even fight with the bumblebees sometimes yeah, oh boy I tell you they they they're, they're something else yeah. I was wondering you know I'm I'm pre diabetic and have to watch what I would do what would happen if a hummingbird became diabetic with all that <laughs> those are the things that I ponder and that's why we encourage instead of me talking our listeners talking because we have one on the air okay. who's going to make a lot more sense than I have. Have in the last half hour. Yeah. Uh, your first name in town, please. <laughs> oh, I hope I make more sense. Uh, my, Mike, the uh, the now seven-leaf clover guy in Waterbury. Oh, okay, seven-leaf clover. All right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, aboard, and I'm sure you can make plenty of sense. <laughs> uh, I had a uh, quick tip for Forbes. Uh, I don't know if he's on Facebook, but there's a great group on there called Vermont Foragers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you can share, you know, pictures of your mushrooms or whatever other plant and yeah, get great advice uh, through yep. that. Yep. Yep. That's exactly um, what, I, what I was thinking. And thanks for uh, thanks for pointing that out, because. Uh, yeah, you can get so much from in person, you know, people actually who know and and uh, can recognize the different kinds of mushrooms. So, um, yeah, then, that's great. I did have a, a question as well. Um, I don't know that this might be a, a collaborative question between you, Peter, and also Roger Hill. Yeah. Um, so as far as the rain goes, uh, I mean – we all know that, you know, the rainwater is uh, better than well water or town water. Uh, okay, but sure. I'm wondering about the the wildfire rainwater. <laughs> you know, is it bringing more nutrients, um, you know, carrying the the soot down into the, the soil? Or um, I don't know I, if you, you might have any information about that. It's going to be pretty minuscule for sure. Um yeah, there there certainly is ash, and I'm sure that the ash is, you know, is coming down. If it's something that really worries you, you can check your pH in your garden. I can't imagine that there's enough of it to to even move the dial one mark. You know, uh, I think I think that we're we're good and we're safe. You know, this isn't it's not like it's burning plastic or um, you know anything like that that would be toxic it's mostly burning just the the trees the leaves and the brush so i i'd say it's it's um it's not an issue not an issue to worry about because of the the small quantity that's actually going to land on your um you know on your soil plus you know if it is ash or wood ash it will biodegrade very quickly in your soil 
So I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's any anything to be concerned about, but you can always check your pH, and that's what that's what would show it up uh, the quickest is a is a pH test. Okay, yeah, I was figuring it might actually you know be beneficial. Uh, I mean, as, as tragic as the the wildfires are, it might actually be beneficial. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, yeah, I I think the amounts are too too small to really. You know, like with acid rain, it wasn't that one rain was a problem. It was that it was the decades of of acidified rain that really affected the forests here. It, you know, it wasn't just um, plus the volume was was a lot higher than than you know what we're seeing here. Although this seems tragic for sure, and it's certainly it's a lot. Um, the uh, the coal um, uh, coal burners really had very tall stacks and sent it way up into the air, so there was the volume was a lot higher, and so and, and it went on day after day after day after day for decades, and, and that's where you start to get the volume that it affects the pH in the soil, and and affects things. So this this is sort of a one-off, and you know. Again, the main thing to do would be check your pH, and you, it'll, you'll know right away if it's a problem. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mr. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you all have a good day. Yeah, and, uh, thanks for the call. The rainy weather. I uh, appreciate it, yeah. And we got Pete in Plainfield, did you say? I believe so. Hey, Pete, Hello. how are you? Good, What's up? One, well, my wife has a tomato plant in a bucket. Sure. And it's a good size, like a not quite as big as a sheetrock, five-gallon sheetrock bucket. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And the leaves are curling and turning yellow. Oh, boy. Um, so uh, this bucket, uh, does it have, you know, holes in the bottom? No. Okay. That's probably your number one problem. The, you, you need to, what happens is that the water just sits down there in the bottom and, and, uh, so there, basically it's, it's suffocating. It needs air around its roots. It doesn't want water around its roots. I mean, it wants moisture, but it doesn't want actually. So, uh, get your drill out and drill, uh, you know, maybe six, eight holes. You know, they can, they just need to be weep holes, you know, quarter inch yeah. is, is so, fine. Yeah, but, much. but, you know, um, uh, so they're not getting enough air and, and in that case, they can't really get all the nitrogen. So you want to start with a foliar feeding so that uh, that will feed the plant through its leaves rather than through its roots. And then you want to make sure that that's, um, uh, that you give it a, a, uh, a good liquid fertilizer, so the liquid fertilizer will replace the water down in the, in the bottom. Would that be like that fish? Yeah, the fish. Down? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Um, and there's there's a lot of good organic uh, fertilizers that, that you can get at the uh, you know at the store. They're okay. They're plentiful, but I would suspect that's that's what's going on with your tomato plant. Yeah, too much water in it. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, right. Standing water, standing. Yeah, water. well, all this rain we've had the last yeah, few yeah. days. Yep, exactly right. 
And uh, but even without the rain, it it'll need that that kind of uh, be able to flow dry out in a sense. Matter of fact, tomatoes was one of those plants that appreciates just one watering a week if you're doing it. You know, give each plant a a gallon of water and then just let it dry out from there. They they don't oh, like their their feet wet. Yeah. So I think that's that's your problem, Pete. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Of course, I, I I wrote down the wife in a bucket. Wait a minute. It's a, <laughs> wife's tomato in a, in a bucket. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't kick the bucket. Yeah. Whatever you do. Oh, <laughs> a hole in it. Jeez. You're full of it today. I don't know. What's in the coffee you brought in here? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> okay. Well, thank All right. you very much. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good luck. Let me know how it goes. I'd be curious. Boy, I tell you, caffeine gets me going. Wait till I crash, though. It'll probably be during the music program later on. <laughs> you just put on an album. It'll have got a DeVita if you hear, yeah. <laughs> so, Which is in the garden of but, life, uh, you know, kind of a bastardization of in the god of DeVita is a... Yeah, in the garden of life, you know, where I guess where we all are. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, we attempt to make our gardens a garden of Eden for sure. Uh, So uh, one thing I don't want to miss in the compost discussion here is the what they call bokachi. And this is something that was developed over in Japan. And it's actually you're pickling your compost, Fermenting. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> not for eating, certainly. <laughs> but it's interesting because you could do it indoors during the winter, and you can, and it it doesn't. It's basically odor free, mm-hmm. and you know it's in a in a bucket, five gallon bucket, and uh, the one that I have has a spigot on it, and you can turn that spigot, and it gives you sort of a compost tea. Huh. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, don't drink that no, either. Drink. <laughs> yeah, now you know what's in your coffee. <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, Bocacci is really, uh, really interesting because it, it sort of turns the whole thing on its head where, you know, in a compost bin in a pile, you want to aerate it. Matter of fact, if you go to the, uh, uh, you know, Casella's, uh, uh uh, composting uh, yard there, they have these great big blowers, and they blow into the pile along the bottom through a, a you know an aerated uh, uh, pipe, mm-hmm. and it continuously you know pumps air into the pile, and it gets really hot. I mean, it gets steaming hot, and uh, so. But now the bocacci is just the opposite. It's an anaerobic, uh, and it's it's the the compost, you know, is is done with bacteria. You know, it makes a, the mycelium grow. So you put a little starter in there, and the whole thing becomes sort of like a mycelium bed, and that's what decomposes. And so when you're done with all this, right, and it takes one five-gallon bucket will go for, they say, up to six weeks, you know. And so... 
you know, once once every month or so, you're going to take that bucket out and you you bury it uh-huh. or you put it in your compost bin, one or the other. Bocacci. Bocacci yeah. Sounds like something at an Italian restaurant menu, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm going to make note of that and inform myself a little more. Uh, yeah, uh, it's very it's very good. We do yeah. have a caller on the line. Your first name in town. Hey, guys, this is Glenn in Brookfield. Hey, Glenn, what's up in Brookfield? Hey, I was just going to tell you, Peter, you're uh, watering him with a little too much coffee today. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's been a great show, though. When he's coffee <laughs> up, it's awesome. <laughs> he's on a roll today, that's oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's great. And it's not a I cinnamon roll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, you're, you're funny, dude. Well, thank you. Ca- yeah, caffeine just does it. I, ca- I come in here all logy and everything, and Pete has this, <laughs> I think it's like a 46-ounce cup of coffee. I've never seen such a big cup. At any rate, so we do have fun. And hopefully some serious information is disseminated. Yes. Oh, it's been a good show. I've learned quite a bit. Yeah. You know that lady that called her the stuff, the flowery stuff growing on top of the yeah, garden? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had it before, and I have a circle hoe. You know what that is? Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yep. That'll take that right up. Oh yeah, because uh, that Just, that doesn't go very deep, but it, it'll cut that. No, and they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, I like those. I just thought I'd throw that out there, but I had to mention the coffee. It was great <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, J- Jack informed me uh, when we made our switch here. I uh, he said, "Well, yeah, you know, coffee is uh, Joel's middle name." <laughs> so. <laughs> You guys have a good weekend. Thanks for watching. All right, you. Glenn. Thank thanks you for much. the call. Yep. Oh, Lordy. Well, I think we're there, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'd gladly Great. go another 15 minutes, but our IT guy that um, puts the podcast on, you know, if it goes uh-huh. much longer than an uh, hour and five that. minutes or all so, right. it just well, interferes. With I have things. a couple more uh, compost things, but we'll take them up next week. We'll finish up the, the compost uh, uh monologue here at some point and one of them I wrote down I have no idea what the word is that I wrote down so well, after Bocacci after Bocacci yeah right what comes after that I know Barry they all play bocce you know <laughs> which is I, I grew up in an Italian name that's why I love Italian food you know you were talking about garlic yeah you know, I was right. thinking when you're talking about all these different uses what you do is you you put some olive oil in a pad yep. you put the garlic in the pad yep. and then everything else everything follows else no matter follows. what it is well, everything Everything else follows. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. Yes, it's the, one of the basic food groups. Yeah, right. right. It really is. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, uh, good. So um, Next week's I, a normal week. No Red Sox. Yep. Uh, and little, and, and I hear we're uh, going to get some, uh, uh, some sunshine. So all those plants should just absolutely blossom next uh, over this next week. And you know, maybe uh, maybe we'll even see some flowers on those tomato plants. Excellent. Well, we will see you next week. All right, buddy. In the garden. Yep. In the garden. We got oh, John Day. He's back. He's yeah. 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 right. get some residual for playing it's his song. <laughs> row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch. 
Row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden today has been sponsored by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont grown plants since 1972. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com online. They'll give you store locations and hours. PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, family milled lumber for all your many projects. See them on Facebook. Guy's Farm and Yard, four locations in Vermont to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. And they've got some uh, great, great the hummingbird feeders we were talking about at Guy's. Guy'sFarmAndYard.com. And uh, Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. They're online at DandelionAcres.com. And Dandelion Acres sponsors the WDEV In the Garden podcast, which you can find online at WDEVRadio.com. We will see you next week at 1230 In the Garden. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below, till the rain comes tumbling down. Till the rain comes tumbling down. I've got news for you. It's tumbling as we speak. <laughs> row by row.